as the world population grows, being concerned about the planet and seeing what changes or, or how this solves so many different issues that we are facing with agriculture, it's, to me, it's almost a no-brainer that it's, this is how we are going to go forward. Welcome to The Irresistible Factor, the podcast for brands in the health and wellness space who want to be irresistible, not only to consumers, but to investors and retailers. Here we talk to successful entrepreneurs about the inspiring stories that help them start and grow their awesome brands. And we also talk to investors, leaders in private equity, and retail buyers about what makes brands irresistible to them. Welcome to this episode of The Irresistible Factor. Today, I'm interviewing Sean Paris and Warren Paula from Three Forks Local, which is a sustainable farming business. And I'm going to let them talk about what that means and what inspired them to get going on it. I've visited already, and I will tell you listeners that it is one of the most incredible experiences I've had. Um, It was sort of like I described it as the Willy Wonka of of farming um, because there were so many incredible things happening that were surprising and delicious to me. So I'm going to just ask you guys to talk about what the business is and then what inspired you to get involved in this business in the first place. Yeah, thank you, Christy. You know, it, it came from kind of our backgrounds. Um, you know, as Warren and I each have our, you know, separate businesses that we were operating, uh, mine is on renewable and sustainable energy development. And a number of years ago, I t- mentioned to my wife that I was going to be a farmer because I started reaching and researching and, and learning more about um, what was happening in the vertical indoor growing space. And with that, it started clicking for me that much like renewable energy, you invest in something to fix or drive down the cost eventually of what, what power was in that sense. And, and here, with the vertical indoor growing, you know, all of our inputs we can fix and maintain, allowing us to produce a very consistent uh, quality product. Um, not to mention it's all the buzzwords of ag tech and it, it's a different type of farming. So it touches a different uh, level of interest compared to what, you know, people's, you know, preconceived ideas are just a, a you know, dusty plot of land a long ways away from where you live. So by looking more into it, realizing you can do these anywhere. You can repurpose existing, you know, old real estate. You can put it in the behind a Dunkin' Donuts, much like our first pharmacist. Um, you can do many other things with it. It starts making you realize that you can harvest something and deliver it within a day. And people taste the, you know, what, what food should taste like. And we're also able to replicate that many times. And it's safe and pesticide-free and Really, the only people that ever touch the greens but at the end of the day is, is you before you put it in your mouth. And uh, that's something that we've been priding ourselves on. And, and uh, I'd say from my side, that's how we got into it. What about you, Warren? Yeah. That, thanks, Christy. It's a privilege to be on this uh, podcast. I'm really excited to be a part of your, your new podcast. But um, from, from my side, you can hear my accent. I'm South African. And, uh, you know, this, we came to the States, entrepreneur. They had a business, successful business, uh, which I grew. And this kind of thing, really being concerned about the planet and seeing what changes or, or how this solves so many different issues that we are facing with agriculture, it's, to me, it's almost a no-brainer that it's, this is how we are going to go forward. 
So what I'm referring to is basically using 95% less water. Everyone's heard how desperately problematic water is going to be in the future. We're using up all the water on the planet, potable water. This uses 95% less water. Um, pesticides. Everybody's concerned about their health because they, you know, they're, they're eating pesticides and fields are sprayed with pesticides when you have an organic field. The neighbor sprays his field and the runoff still gets into your system, your, your produce. So this resolves that. You have total control of no pesticides. You can even start to you know, ex do crazy stuff like extract the fluorine from the water. If you don't want fluorine, you can, you can uh, they're, they're just, the possibilities are endless. And I just feel that as, as the world population grows, this is the only way that we're going to solve that problem. And humans have always been such, you know, ingenious, ingenious creatures. I think uh, everybody's worried about how we're going to feed everybody. Uh, I think we're going to use technology to solve this problem. And this is it. So we, yeah, that, that was my interest. I really think it's a better mousetrap. And so it's just, it's, it's inevitable to me. Do you think that, um, I mean, it feels so obvious to hear you talk about it, that this is the way to move forward with sustainable farming. Do you feel like it took so long to get here because of technology or resistance just because, it, because people like to do things the way they've been doing them? I think it's a good question. I, I think it takes a while, one, to adopt any type of new technology. Even if you look from my, my experience in solar, solar has been around for, for 50 years plus, actually developed in in, in New Jersey, and it just took forever to 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 get out there. Um, and and once people start acknowledging it, investing in it, and driving down the cost, it makes it more approachable. Um, I think people often you know, historic, historically have become so accustomed to having something put on their plate that they don't have never thought about it. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of where this world is going um, is people are paying more attention. I, I know that it's it's cyclical in waves of of health and wellness in people. And then they forget about it and go back to their old ways and then come back to it. And, you know, it's everybody's new year's resolution, but I think there really is a long, a long-term trending upward change that people's awareness is leading them to care about where their food's coming from. And I think it's evident with how organic uh, became the, the buzzword in, in importance because people started thinking about what traditional, you know, commercial agriculture has, has allowed their bodies to ingest. And, you know, even right now with, with, with COVID and the pandemic, and it raised people's awareness even again, that they realize that, you know, you're susceptible. Your health makes you susceptible to, um, you know, potential long-term illness, even death. And um, I think, I think now, you know, just much like renewable energy with, with solar, this was originally done in the 50s, 40s and 50s, and then hundreds of years ago in more archaic ways. But even you know, the US Navy was hydroponically growing uh, lettuce in the island of Guam to support people. I don't think anybody really knew that. And then it just went flat. So I think awareness of, of food, I think uh, food waste proximity to um, its end user uh, from you know, the fields of California or Mexico seasonally, I think people are just uh, kind of tired of, of having uh, wilted, uh, soggy products put on their plate and paying this, you know, high retail prices for it. We're here to solve that. Yeah, I think to Sean's point, people have investors also now have the stomach. 
if you want to you know, excuse the pun, but they're they're ready to put enough money into this to actually get it to scale where it's going to be it is actually going to be cheaper than traditional agriculture because you can get more than one crop a year a year you get consistent crops with with climate change you know increasing the risk of traditional agriculture investors are like looking at this as as a a lower risk option so it's unaffected the supply is is consistent and the quality is controllable the quality is better and so retailers love it because we can we can time it down to the to the minute as to when they're going to get their letters. Right now, they're they're literally they're trying to find. I know that this weekend they're trying to find grapes because there was rain in Chile, uh, Chile last week, and all the grapes got affected. And now all the supermarkets have run specials, and they can't get grapes. And it's a these things cost millions of dollars, and you know that you don't see this back and forth of them trying to supply themselves and, and consumers with these products. Whereas this just straightens the line. It just it's, it squares away all that risk and cost. And in the end, I think what's being proven right now by us and what we've proven and what other companies like App Harvest and some of the other guys is that when you get it to scale, this is just, it's cheaper than traditional agriculture. Why would you go back? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's when I said it sounds like such a no-brainer. Exactly. It's such a no-brainer, but what are the hurdles that you're, have you guys had challenges um, getting people to embrace this? Or do you think you'll have challenges when it comes to helping consumers understand um, the benefits? Um, yeah, I think it's like any new industry. It's, you know, it all, it all comes down to, especially with your, your, you're from the marketing and, and, and real sales and strategy aspect of it, it comes down to education. When you can show that the product is you know, better and consistent and safe all the time, you know the proof will be in the pudding in the long run. People will gravitate toward this, and eventually it will be the where the market goes. But we are in that education phase right now, and and proving proving people, um, you know, there's a lot of naysayers, um, less than you realize, but it, it just comes down to education. And then right now the price is still. A little bit more than what traditional is, and if you have a lot of price price conscious uh, uh, people coming about it, they're gonna, you know, they still tend to go with what they've always gone with, regardless of what if it's doing something to them adversely or not. So I'd say education is going to be a, a big uh, thing to really tackle, and but you know I think that therein lies the opportunity. I think, you know, this is this is new. This is technology. This is you know agricultural technology. This is. This is health and wellness. So we're able to hit all of those important things right now that people are looking into. So I think it'll be a, a fun process, that's for sure. Yeah, and I think as entrepreneurs, that's part of the exciting part. The part of the exciting piece is that we don't shy away from challenges. I, I It's my bread and butter. I enjoy it. So, you know, making mistakes or it, it being hard is not a, a deterrent. It's an attractive thing. Because it means there's a, a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know, people shouldn't shy away from challenges. If it was easy, everyone would be doing it, I guess. But I think the, some of these challenges are absolutely surmountable. And yeah, it'll be it'll be tough, but um, we can figure it out. I'm confident of that. 
I mean, that's an entrepreneurial spirit I've ever heard from before because it is hard. And I, I wonder, is one of the things that you're sort of up against, you said agricultural technology. And I know there's definitely been in the past some resistance to that because it means you're messing around with things that you know, don't necessarily feel like technology should be part of them. I don't happen to agree with that. I just am curious if that's been an issue for you guys at all. You know, inter interesting point. I think our, I guess where ag tech fits in with what we're doing is more along the lines of, you know, when the lights turn on and off and temperature control and, yeah. um, you know, drainage and pumps and, and things. It's actually still the basics of what growing uh produce is that, that would be outside it's still a seed uh farming it, We're still it, farming. It, it's it's still farming and really the only difference you know when you when you grow in soil the soil is nothing more than the structure that the roots uh set up in and holds the plant up it's the only reason soil exists it happens to carry nutrients and you know unfortunately a lot of the bad stuff that's in it as well that's we right. we provide a different type of structure than the soil and we more efficiently bring uh the nutrients that uh the plants need uh just directly to the root so all we're doing is using a different type of structure for the plant and giving it the ideal growing um uh environment uh, other than that it's still the basics of you know <laughs> photosynthesis 101 and and um and and, and so it's it's not something to really scare people away. And would, I, I think the, the moment that somebody, and it's always, every time, it's uh, the moment somebody tastes it, um, mm -hmm. it's, it, their, their minds are changed almost instantly. And then on the commercial aspect of it, in the, you know, the restaurant industry, and we're all hoping that gets shored up and back to, the, back to normal as soon as possible. But you know, it comes down to stuff consistently available um, at the end of the day, the concern on where it came from, um, knowing that it came from a safe, reliable, and, and consistent supply, um, we're not having to convince that much anymore. Yeah. Um, and will your main audience be retail stores or restaurants, or are you really thinking about investors right now? What are you guys looking at at the moment? You know, kind of all of the above. Uh, you know, our goal in the beginning was to, you know, when Warren and I first started this, it was proof of concept, making mm -hmm. sure that we can um, grow it, make sure that we can figure out what the new technology and technologies available are and sell it. And as we've demonstrated that in our community, you know, we invested in growth, um, scaled up, did a second farm. Um, you know, we have six full-time employees working for us. And, uh, you know, as we've kind of gone through those steps, um, you know, figuring it out, it's, it ends up being very, you know, kind of easy at that point. And then the, the goal is, like Warren touched on before, it's to ultimately make it price available for everybody, if not even better than traditional agricultural, let alone organics. So our real drive is going to be investing heavily in this with our investment partners as we grow and reinvesting in this into ourselves, um, growing to a scale that allows us to um, be competitive anywhere. And, and redo 
honestly, Christy, like at the beginning of this, um, I had like a vision. Sean and I were talking, and my daughter's an artist, and I said to her, "Could you draw for me, please, a the cities of Earth with the tallest building in the city as like a growing building, mm-hmm. like so the Eiffel Tower, let's call it in France, feeds Paris. The mm-hmm. Tower feeds New Manhattan. The Sears Tower is feeding Chicago. That." Like that vision of taking this everywhere. This is a this is a global revolution. So yeah. she's spoken about, you know, we okay, we get these couple of farms online, we prove that we can do it, we prove the, the unit economics. And then we talk to Zimbabwe about how they can do that for their country. I, I mean, honestly, this is scalable globally. It is a it is a truly like a, a revolution. So yes, we want to we want to we want to do this for everything on the East Coast, everybody should be getting their produce this way because it's better. Mm-hmm. It's just better. So anyway, you know, how interested are investors? Very. Um, how scalable is this? Completely scalable. It's, um, well, from what we're seeing with quality, you know, we can replicate anything that's being done out there pretty much right now. Uh, strawberries, uh, blueberries, uh, you know, it's getting to the point where they're developing almost any product. And I mean, there's, there's, there's some R&D, you have university students doing R&D in some of these uh, containers, and they're coming up with things like, um, you can completely control the environment. So what does that mean? Well, chefs um, still talk about, in Italy, the chefs still talk about the basil of 1996. It was the best basil that ever came out of <laughs> Rome and They've never got over it, and they can't stop talking about how wonderful that basil was. So there was a one of the one of the college kids took the weather data for that region for um, 1996 uh, basil year, and got the soil analyzed, did exact same nutrient profile, and rep- replicated as best he could in one of these containers a basil grow um, of the same seed crop for 1996. And when when he was done. And the, the tasters tasted it, you know, their, their jaws dropped. They were like, this is it. This is another 1996, a famous basil crop. This is amazing. How did you do this? So if you think about, okay, we, we're doing herbs and, and, and microgreens and things, and these, but at some point you're going to be able to take a, a vineyard and replicate the 76 Chateau Libertas or whatever. You know, you're going to be able to, you're going to be able to replicate all kinds of things because we have the weather data. We know how they were made. We know the soil profile. The, the, the possibilities are almost endless here. And consumers are going to be getting more and more excited about this as, as we get better at this. Amazing. I mean, it really is incredible. And I, I can attest to the taste. It is, I've never tasted anything like that. And I think you, you don't even understand freshness. I mean, we don't understand it because we're going to grocery stores and buying stuff that's been there for weeks and shipped from wherever, and it doesn't taste like anything. Yeah, it's been in a fridge for 14 days, or yep. a truck for 14 days by the time you get it. It's it's not even the same product. Yeah. It, you've tasted it. It's unbelievable how tasty lettuce can be. I didn't know that either until we started doing this. Amazing. It is a truly amazing. I'm, I think it's so inspiring. Where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you want the business to be? Um, I would say we're con- continuing growth. I mean, our, our goal is to really bring us to as many people as possible and solve as many problems as possible. 
So we have a very aggressive growth plan um, over the next three years specifically, and um, we'll be looking to, to really kind of carry that forward. I think ultimately though, you know, with that, whether they're, you know, side programs can be developed through the R&D and focus a little bit on those, you know, warm back grapes. I think we have an interest in avocados and, and other types of, of, of problems to solve. So I think through our continued R&D, I think it'll lead us a couple of different directions on other, on other specific crops. But ultimately our first goal is to uh, perfect what we're doing, keep getting better and better at it, and also train people to, to follow up and, and kind of lead this organization um, you know, into the next phases as well. I would say that's kind of our, our, our goals at the moment. Yeah, one of the key things is to get a good team of people behind us, get a good executive team and good people and make, make this place a great place to work so that they, they want to be here. They, they, they get offered the growth and development and they stay because people are going to be the key to making this a success. So that's one of the focuses we have, you know, we're planning budgeting to attract the best and keep them. Well, you absolutely have an incredible purpose and mission for your brand. I mean, it's so inspiring. It would be such a great thing to be part of. I'm sure you're going to get amazing people. I'm sure. Um, do you have any advice you'd give or any, any advice you'd give to people who are trying to start something in the health and wellness space um, from an entrepreneurial standpoint? Uh, you know, Warren and I were talking about this uh, before, and I think it's it, it kind of comes down to even how we started this business. You know, here, here we are mountain biking and, you know, talking about all solving a lot of problems in the world. Um, and I think the difference between talking and doing is, is big and often a non-starter for a lot of people. Everybody mm -hmm. has a lot of great ideas, um, but they don't do anything. So I think what, you know, the difference where what we're doing, what we've done in other businesses and what we'll continue to do is, is act on our interests, um, even if it's starting with research. Um, slightly, I mean, you, you do have to slightly invest in yourself and invest in, in things to, to move it to the next, next step, whether it's time or, or money. And, and it often becomes a non-starter for a lot of people because mm -hmm. there's other less important things that they're wasting time on, um, you know, whether it be getting the new iPhone or getting a, a different car. And I, I think if there's focus on what do you, what makes you uh, more excited about things and, you know, can you, can you push your business idea to the next step? It's sacrificed and you're just going to have to do it. It's, it's easier said than done, but um, one foot in front of the other, you just have to take the small steps to get where you want to go. Yeah. And said a different way. I think a lot of, a lot of people, to me, I, I see they, they read a hundred self-help books. They, they have an idea. They talk about trying to do it, but they get into this analysis paralysis um, phase where they're, they just don't want to take the step because they're scared of failure. And I, I, I tell my employees, I tell everybody, failure is an option. In fact, if you're not failing, you're probably not learning anything. And so there's another, I call it school fees. You're paying school fees. Your failures cost money, but you're learning. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to fail and do. Just do it. Spend, spend, do one thing every day for the business. Just start. 
go out and spend a hundred dollars and you lose the hundred dollars. Okay, well, you try it, you do the just do it, just go and do it. So doing is a big is is probably my advice. Do it. Don't don't talk about it, don't think about it, just go and do it. It's funny, I talked to someone yesterday, um, the founder of Ithaca Hummus. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that brand, but if you're not, you should definitely try it. Um, and he said his advice was start before you're ready, which is similar. Just do it. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Stop thinking so much and start doing something and then you'll you'll learn and then you'll do more things. Yeah. Yeah, there's no better place to learn than to learn to swim than the deep end. And, uh, <laughs> You know, in you know, believe me, over the last you know two and three years, <laughs> Warren and I'll get on the phone and we'll kind of you know, I hate to say laugh about it, but it's like, why did we do that? Or, you know, but you, you don't know which direction you're going to go until you start one direction first. So it's a it's an important thing. It must have been hard to do with other businesses that you both have. It is, but it comes down to, you know, prioritizing. I think, you know, it's, it's again, I, you know, we, Lauren and I talk, I would say daily, if not multiple times a day. And it's not always just about our business. It's interest in other industries. It's interest in things. I, I would say that business, the idea of business, of growing things, of different industries, you know, we enjoy talking about it. And I think that's why we work well as partners and why we can share responsibilities amongst our other business responsibilities, but they kind of go hand in hand with getting this going. And I think our ability to share uh, responsibilities and again, overall interest, I think is, it doesn't seem like it's work. It's not one of these things you loathe that you have to do on a Sunday afternoon or a Thursday night. You know, we still spend times with our families, but when you're interested in something or want to change something or do something, I think it becomes easy to prioritize. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think, you know, it sounds crazy, but you know, Saturday mornings, Thursday nights, it's, it's going on all the time, but it doesn't feel like work at all because I don't know, we're driven in this direction and it's not like trying to get up with an alarm clock at 6am to go and do a day job. It's, it's just in you and you, you know what you want to do. You're very productive. You know, we get it, we get it done quick and uh, it has been challenging, but at the same time, it almost, it almost helps. Amazing. It's so great. I mean, you're, you're obviously driven by something that's really important. So that's got to be helpful. Is there anything else you guys want to add before we wrap up? I mean, there's so much great stuff in here for people and entrepreneurs, and, and I'm sure this will be interesting to a lot of the private equity people I'm talking to as well. You know, that point, um, in, thank you for your, your invitation here and, and always enjoy talking to you and especially about the, the stuff that, that interests us. And I, I would say for, for anybody listening, this is more just start paying attention to what you're eating if you're not already. I, I have to believe anybody listening to your podcast anyways is interested in you yeah. know, self uh, you know, awareness and, and health or or their businesses, but I mean, start paying attention to even the food you're getting at, at a restaurant and be inquisitive and, you know, kind of demand more. And I think that will help a lot of, you know, help us be able to get into more places if people are asking. Um, and, I, and, I, and I think it's a notice, it, it's such a noticeable difference if people are more aware of what they're doing. Um, that's the only thing I can make, you know, it's the only thing I would bring up. Um, 
Yeah, I love that. And I think that the awareness is going to be so important because I don't think people necessarily know. They just make a lot of assumptions. Um, and so I think the experience of having something that's really, truly fresh and high quality is the thing that people need to have, like I did. It was incredible. Awesome. Thank you so much, you guys. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Christine.